I knew very few people in that room that day. I feel like I know most of them now. But I remember I was trying to uh, connect with the crowd, if you will. I was trying to butter them up. And I reached this point where I could see a lot of staring faces. So I just said, not all of us can unbutton our shirt as far as Jason Duderman. And <laughs> I was wearing it that day about like you're wearing yours now. <laughs> I learned this from you. Sure. Sure you did. I saw the success you were having and I thought, what is different about that? It's the buttons. It's got to be the buttons. For every button down you unbutton, you go one rung higher on In the heaven. ladder. <laughs> On the corporate success ladder. I thought this was like a holiness moment. Dudes, welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you here with us today. So excited is my hashtag catchphrase. My name is Jeff Shufflebine. I'm one of the Beatitudes. And I'm joined by two other amazing Beatitude hosts, Nick Besner. I'm Nick Besner. I'm hashtag excited. Now and forever, Nick Besner. And Paul Coker. I am not Nick Besner. Nope. But man, you got a killer harmonica on you right now. Oh, yeah. I heard it before the show. Yeah, do you, do can you, you want give me just do... a little intro? Maybe a little quiet intro here. Okay, yeah. Let, can you let's do it quietly? I, can, I, I don't know. <laughs> Make, can, <laughs> can you fine tune it in post? <laughs> here on the Beatitudes, we're not afraid to explore any topics. You'll laugh until you cry. You'll cry until you... I can't do this over such a sad song. <laughs> The fact that that's not an actual harmonica, it's just your hands. Oh, he does it. What? What? Yeah, no, go to YouTube (laughs) slash the underscore beat, or no, at the, (laughs) dang it. (laughs) Can't ever get it right. Keep going. We're basically impossible to find, but if you do find us, it's worth watching. It's worth the, the, like, national treasure hunt to find us. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes, it is. We promise. I promise. Um, I'm glad to be able to sit here at the tiniest table, podcasting table in history, which you would know if you were on YouTube right now, with uh, somebody who I normally feel really close to, but now I feel about two people apart from Jason Duderman. It's the furthest we've been apart in a while. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I get it. I've gained weight. It's fine. Just, you can just say that. Actually, I was going to comment on how swole you're looking, well, there, Paul. Thank you. Yeah, yes, I'm trying impressive. to, you know, keep up with and or ahead of the this illustrious crew. So yeah, just curls Guys, every I day. Say the curve, curls. and I was going to ask what the curve was. Oh no, but no, 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 you the curve. made that clear. Yeah, 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 no, just curls every day, like till burnout. Just curls. It's just it. That's <laughs> until the, that's the one exercise I do. All right. Hey, uh, Nick and I can leave if you guys want to just have like a. Just a bro out moment. Thank here. you. Finally, yeah. Yes. I was thinking an arm wrestle, but I'd have to be on the other end of the table. So yeah. uh, we're actually never allowed to sit on the other side of the table. Yeah, it's a very Leonardo da Vinci mm. Last Supper kind of setup in right, here. Right, right, right. Very close. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Also that. I At some back, point, I have to lay on your chest. I was about to ask <laughs> if I could lay on yours, but you, you stole the words right out of my mouth. So. And the bromance continues, yeah. and now it's gotten interesting. That's so. beyond, <laughs> yes, that's biblical. So, um, well, no, we're really glad to have you here. You're a very special part of the Diocese of Dallas, the, the I was going to say the Diocese of America. What do you even call that? The Western Hemisphere? That's, a, that's an archdiocese. The Catholic Church. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Oh, you're making that own proclamation. I am a very important part of the Okay. I was going to go with baptized, but, you know, we'll just leave it we'll right there. We'll take it. Yeah. We'll take it. Yeah, Listen, yeah. I went back to the tape uh, when we were launching the Beatitudes because I looked back at the first time I ever remember being in the same place as Paul Kolker. 
And guess what I saw? Oh, yeah. Y'all were sitting just like this while I was giving a talk. It was, was Jason a- on the end, Paul right next to him at the Catholic Creators event 2017. Did you guys know each other before you sat down next to each other? Oh, yeah. There? Absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> well, no, because we went to A&M. <laughs> we went to A&M together. We, uh, I mean, his wife, Allison, and I were friends. Um, I think we we knew each other, and I knew her brother, and, like, and then we all started to get connected. And Right, right. Yeah. So. I could not tell you the starting point. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just been a long time. Sometime yes. in College Station. Correct. In right. the St. Ma- Mary's. Right. In right. the late 2000s, somewhere yeah. in there. Right. Yeah. Very cool. I knew very few people in that room that day. I feel like I know most of them now. But I remember I was trying to uh, connect with the crowd, if you will. I was trying to butter them up. And I reached this point where I could see a lot of staring faces. So I just said, not all of us can unbutton our shirt as far as Jason Duderman. And <laughs> I was wearing it that day about like you're wearing yours now. <laughs> I learned this from you. Sure. Sure you did. I saw the success you were having and I thought, what is different about this? It's the buttons. It's got to be the buttons. For every button down you unbutton, you go one rung higher on In the heaven. ladder. <laughs> Oh, on the going. corporate success oh. ladder. It was, <laughs> I thought this was like a holiness moment. Well, there, the there's levels of angels, yeah. right? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, Jacob's unbuttoned shirt. Jacob's ladder. Was a Jacob's stretch. unbuttoned shirt. It was a stretch. <laughs> the shirt of many missing buttons. You know, the Spike Lee, Michael Jordan. It's got to be the shirt. It's got to be the buttons. It's got to be the buttons. That's it. That's it. Jason, this show is um, a show for Christian men seeking to grow in holiness through authentic fraternity, but with a... A dash of humor. And a touch of ADD. (laughs) The ADD I can help with, the humor, we'll see how far that goes on my end. If you wanted humor, you should have interviewed my wife. Uh, she, uh, is, she is pretty entertaining. Yeah, yeah, she's pretty funny. I've gotten to work with her at DCYC stuff, and she is awesome. a riot. So, yes. Does she get up on stage? Uh, yeah, she, and she helps the teens. Like She and I worked with the teens to help like prepare them for their, their witnesses and the, the dramas and stuff that they do. It's awesome. a lot of fun. Yeah. She could be a stand-up comedian without question. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, I've got a just that kind DC of a personality. Work. I'm sorry. I've got a DCYC story uh, for another time. What's that? <laughs> oh, wait, real quick. DCYC stands for Dallas Catholic, or no, uh, Diocesan Catholic Youth Conference. And, you were actually yeah. right the first time. I was? Yeah. Oh, I think it's a Dallas no, If you're in Austin, I did the, it's Diocesan Catholic Youth Conference. Yeah, but I was in, in the Dallas, Fort Worth. <laughs> oh, we oh, just co-opted. different we ones. absolutely <laughs> co-opted. Yeah. Okay, very cool. I just was going NCYC versus DCYC. Okay. That's right. But anyway. Yeah, cool. All right, so your story, Nick. Oh, okay. Uh, For another time, which is right now. (laughs) Uh, There's currently a rule at all Fort Worth dioceses, DCYCs, that you uh, can't go outside of your uh, room, you know, in the the hotel or whatever, because it's... Right, because yeah. it's a weekend long event. Yeah, it's, and it's so a they, Friday night, Saturday night. Yeah. Well, so they that, keep you in your room they the keep whole you kinda, weekend. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> all day. All night. <laughs> Sorry. At night, you know, there's, uh, you know, junior high boys and girls, keep them separate, that sort of thing. Um, we broke that rule and uh, got caught. And Wait, now wait back when you were a teen or something? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Because <laughs> as an adult, you can probably leave the room oh, as well. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm horrible. I'm butchering this story. <laughs> Mostly because of nerves. <laughs> we're, we're helping you with this. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I uh, was in like eighth grade and got kicked out 
of, of the conference. Yes. Nice. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, this is a story of redemption because yeah. you have ended up back on a Catholic podcast. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. I've never been kicked out or in trouble for anything. So <laughs> I'm not judging you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the last year. Yeah, let's pretend that's my modifier there. Oh, there you uh, go, in the last year. Okay, well, speaking of dynamic conferences, and th- let's just call it the new evangelization. Jason, I think that you not only in the Dallas Diocese where you had worked for a while, but on truly the global church scene, which I know that's how you refer to it. <laughs> Definitely not. It's on your business card uh, that way. how I refer to it. <laughs> the church. Uh, I think that you have done an incredible job of helping to open up the conversation around what is the new evangelization, both in dialogue and debate, but also in actual practical application. Can you talk about kind of what happened as you entered into uh, your previous role at the diocese and some of the stuff that you kicked off here? Yeah. Um, So for me, new order, new expression, being willing to engage a church at the level wherever the church is, the people themselves and what they're experiencing, what they're going through, understanding them, and then, Creating something that makes sense for them in that time and space is what's most important for me. Um, Getting to do that within the Diocese of Dallas for the time that I served, especially with young adult ministry, um, I think was, man, that was a passion for me more than anything else, I think. Um, Dallas had such an extraordinary history of youth ministry for a very long time. My predecessor did, when I was in that role, did a great job of professionalizing in ministry. Uh, but with young adults, there wasn't a lot going on. And to be able, um, I think one of the sort of pride and joys for me at the end of my time working in the diocese, when we started, there were a handful of parishes that had young adult ministry in some form or fashion. Uh, by the time I departed, we had over 50% of parishes would name young adult ministry as an active ministry in their community yeah. or something that they were looking to build. Um, for me, being able to be a part of that and help people be able to grow those types of things is very important. Well, it's uh, strong because you've planted a whole lot of people that are pretty on fire for this work, and those people are going on to do great work, both within the parishes that they're still a part of, with other apostolates as they move on, as they get married and do the next level of what they're called to do, whatever it is. Can you talk specifically about the outreach to, let's just call it the, the young man, young woman on the street who doesn't have access to this conversation? What was the program that y'all launched and kind of the genesis of that whole thing? You're talking about the 635? No, I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the 635 was uh, really born from a vision to um, to help serve those who really might not touch the church by walking through church doors. Like that was, if we were creating a persona and looking at sort of the problem we wanted to solve, it was, who are those people that are going to feel disenfranchised? Maybe they're not going to get involved in a men's group. Maybe they are Catholic. They're showing up to mass. They're meeting an obligation, but they're not going to go join a men's group. They're not going to go join a women's group. How can we create space for them to not only grow with the Lord, grow in their faith, but also grow in community with one another? And so we created this thing called the 635. Um, obviously, the 635 is powerful for Dallas, right? It, just as a name, we have 635 loop. Uh, but it also That's is a, a road for was, everybody. Yeah, yeah. If you're not in Dallas. It's a highway. Um, and it's if a, you're from California, it's called the 635. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like, that's how they name all of their highways. I was oh, on the oh, 635, bro. I was on the 405 and... Uh, I took the Walton Walker exit. <laughs> oh, that's actually what we say. <laughs> you started just, to sound more country there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I'm going where I know with, okay? Yeah, it's not yeah. great. But I know it. Well done. Yeah. 
Go on. So what happens in the 635? Yeah, on the Inspiration Superhighway. Yeah, yeah. So the, the actual name, though, is in reference to uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verse 35. Which is? Is in reference to the Eucharist. I am the bread of life. Those who come to me will never hunger. I nice. spoke so, at the 635, and I didn't even know this. This is what, <laughs> I would have changed everything. Way to I do thought, your homework. I was talking about the mix master and <laughs> the best patterns of traffic. High five I, interchange. Yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong 635. Tollways are kind of an analogy for, for indulgences. No, I'm sorry. Wait, too far. <laughs> It'll cost you another $5 to listen to the rest of my talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Keep enlightening us. Whoever's listening might gain something. Too. Yeah, if they can wade wade through all of our garbage. But yeah, keep going. Yeah. So the the whole emphasis was, you know, Paul talks about that in faith we need milk before solid food before we're really chewing on the depth of what the Lord wants to offer. And the six thirty five was never meant to be anything more than sort of that milk of faith. Mm-hmm. It's going to be charismatic, right? The charisma, the proclamation of the gospel. Uh, we wanted to bring people to a very uh, very good understanding of Jesus through experience, uh, and then growing again community with other Catholics or those who might be new to the faith, walking in faith with one another. Um, and so we would gather at the Granada Theater and once a month. We'd have a speaker. We would have great worship, and then we'd go drink in old fashioned afterwards and grow in community. Talk about the location. What is the Granada Theater? Describe that to us. Uh, for anyone in the music scene in Dallas, it's a great music theater. It's one of the most well-known, one of the oldest. Um, it is not normally a place of faith. In fact, we were the very first religious event Whoa. to ever be hosted at the Granada. Wow, did not realize that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, was, that, was that on purpose from your standpoint, like from your vision? You said you want to kind of baptize this space in a, in a manner of speaking? 100%. Because again, if you're not a believer or if you're somebody who, uh, again, you, you don't darken the, the, the doors of a church on a regular basis, to be able to have an experience of faith in your own environment, in mm. your own backyard, means the world, I think, to a lot of people. It <clears throat> makes it much more accessible. And so that element of accessibility was really important. And did you have firsthand stories of people who had no intention of being there, but were walking down Greenville Avenue, which is a whole bunch of bars and restaurants. So every, you know, it's, it's so funny because that was the original intent and it's so much harder in practice than you would imagine. Right. So (laughs) talk to anybody from like the St. Paul's street evangelization team, right. St. Paul's outreach. Uh, they'll tell you some of the same things. Um, we had actual volunteers every single night of the 635 who would stand in front of the theater and anyone walking down, we would invite them to come in. We're very upfront. Hey, this is an evening of worship. This isn't just another concert. We're going to have worship. We're going to have a message. There's great community here. If you want to come in, we welcome you. Yeah. Um, and so they were trained to do that on a regular basis. We got a few, though. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, the number of Protestant folks that would come in uh, and come be a part of the evening was pretty was wow. pretty extraordinary. So. Wow, that's awesome. You as a Catholic said that... Uh, you talked about being a believer, and it's interesting because even that language becomes way more accessible than most of the time if we're talking to somebody who's Protestant or maybe even just seeking to understand church, Christianity, and they start asking what church we go to, and we say, well, I'm Catholic. You know, we don't even answer, like, I go to St. Anne's Church. You know, like, we end up being very Catholic in our answers. When you start to talk about being a believer, now that language becomes more accessible. When you talk about being a Christ follower, again, and then— here comes Deuteronomy. Whips out, charismatic. <laughs> it's a <laughs> um, made that. I know what the two words no, are. Charismatic and no, charismatic. It's, it's, no, char- it's uh, an automatic coffee maker. <laughs> yes. 
It, it's actually a it's maker the automatic of co- kind. Yeah. But I thought a Keurigmatic makes Keurigs. Like you press it. Oh, it's the robot that makes that better makes sense. The machines. It's the full machine that makes the smaller machines on a conveyor belt. Do you want coffee or a coffee maker? <laughs> I, I would like the coffee. Who it's makes easier, that robot? It's easier to teach a man to make a coffee maker than it is to just give him coffee. That's uh, Paul. <laughs> That was no that was Paul's Paul six thirty five. Yeah, a letter from Paul to the the idiots on five eleven. No, <laughs> sorry. I had somebody the other day. Sorry, this is so random. Say, um, hey, I have this pistol. I need to put it somewhere while I'm visiting your house. And I thought they said I brought my epistle. And I'm like, <laughs> what did you write? I have written a letter <laughs> to the Galatians. Like, Very different. I think you should get that sacrilegious piece of paper out of here. I need you to store this somewhere safe until I can deliver it to the Thessaloniki. <laughs> is that how you say that word? <laughs> I think in, in Greek, that is how they, they say it. I was trying. Jason, but... this you're the host of the show. We're the three guests is what this has turned into. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. Keep going. I'm, I'm all ears. More. Let's Let's talk about what does a night of an orchestrated power punch of, when you point at my charismatic? Yeah, well, we never really addressed that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we just did a whole riff on coffee makers, but we never talked about what the charisma is. Details, Paul. <laughs> yeah, so what? It, what is the charisma for those who don't know? Yeah, so and, the, yeah. What yeah. Do you, go ahead. Did you want to start? Mm. <laughs> We do want to start, but we're going to let you speak for just a little bit. Go. Yeah, so it's the proclamation of the gospel, the good news, right? The It's about the life, the passion, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, mm. and ultimately should be attached to the way in which the Lord has worked deeply in your own life. So what is your own experience of joy that you've had with the Lord that has connected your heart with his sacred heart? That becomes charismatic proclamation, but it's linked to that gospel story. Uh, and bringing people into that life. And that's where everything begins, right? So within church work and anything that we do, we have to think about it in a certain kind of pedagogy. We have to think about pre-evangelization and evangelization. How am I entering into relationship once that relationship is present, bringing you to a relationship with Jesus through my own life, just through the relationship we have, but my own proclamation. And then from there, we can start to talk about catechesis, growing in depth as disciples. But Jeff, going back to what you were saying, that notion of believer for me, that's so important. I think it's one of the reasons that in my own work, I can walk in a Catholic world. I can walk in a in a Protestant world, I can walk in a world of non-believers and simply express that joy because I'm happy to start wherever you are. Yes. You know what? I can remember at work 10 years ago, somebody saying, why do you keep talking about Jesus? You're Catholic. And I said, <laughs> he's the reason for the season or whatever. I said. And uh, then they said, well, I've never heard a Catholic talk like that before. And I said, I wish you could enter into my world because every Catholic I'm with talks about Jesus. Mm. And I, maybe there's some sort of a weird gap where for generations we were scared Catholics and we were shutting doors and trying to keep people <laughs> from leaving. And so we st- we forgot how to dialogue. But if I'm going to sit down and, and share a prayer with some folks, it takes a few minutes of just talking to somebody to figure out, are they do they want to go into a sacramental conversation around the Catholic Church and that's kind of their upbringing? Or are they in a Christ follower mode? And I'm going to pray the same, like, the same idea of what I'm trying to have this conversation with God, but I might change up a little bit of the language so that it's not so off-putting. I'm certainly not going to go to bless this, a Lord and these like gifts. If I'm doing a meal blessing and it's right. all Protestants, they're like, hmm, that sounded like you weren't even talking English. Right, right. Yeah, yeah I think. I do it in Greek. <laughs> 
I think we can live our lives in beautiful, unabashedly Catholic ways without being off-putting to other people. And again, not um, not stopping the relationship before it begins. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And I learned that word charisma from right here at this table right. a few episodes back. And I think just reflecting on it as we're talking about it here, it's that thing that makes it personal, right? It makes, it's like you've experienced something, share that, like start with what you know, right? No matter where you're at on your journey. I'll always ask people, think of one person in your life who had such an extraordinary joy that you, you like you could put your finger on it. It was palpable. Chances are that the Lord is somehow connected to that because mm. authentic mm. joy is contagious. Mm. You want it. You want to be a part Absolutely. of it. At the very least, you're curious about it. And that's, I think, from a human experience perspective, that's what begins to move hearts. That's how we can be instruments of God's goodness. Well, and I like how you said you're always interested in just meeting whoever the person is in front of you where they are. And so really, I mean, you're talking about speaking their language, right? So whether it was the language of faith that they know or it could be another language, like if you if you knew some Spanish and you wanted to speak to them in Spanish about it, right? Because that was their language. You're just trying to meet people where they are. And, and I think it's important for us to remember that uh, St. Paul basically did the same thing. I mean, most of, well, actually all of the New Testament that, that we inherited was originally written in Greek, even though the Lord did not speak Greek because of who it was being, being proclaimed to. So mm. the language was being delivered in a way that... The, Speak their language. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, um, and that's why you have some of these holdovers of like, which in Aramaic is or which in Hebrew is because... They're trying to emphasize something for the audience, but still it's it's in Greek primarily as the as the original New Testament was written. Right. Speaking of the language of joy, we would like to play a joyful game with mm, you. Yes. Blessed are the joke makers, for they shall inherit the forty-two points. I thought we were gonna go for six hundred and thirty-five. Okay. <laughs> so it could have been up. six point three five. Um hey, so Paul's gonna explain this to you and then you do what you do best. Judge. People. <laughs> okay. <laughs> do what you do best. I, I wouldn't That's have said a it total that way. Setup. Uh, I, yeah. Judge people for their inherent goodness, regardless of their comedy quality. <laughs> as long as I don't have to be comedic, we're good. Yeah, yep. no, you're, you're <laughs> good. You're off yeah. the hook for now. That shit um, so, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we have a character card and a Catholic card game card, and we have to answer whatever the prompt is on the Catholic card game card as this character. So. The character that we all have to take on is a hardened criminal. So as a hardened criminal, we have to answer the prompt of David. David's secret weapon to defeat Goliath was... Listen here, Jason. I don't know what you're doing in the pen, but I can tell you why I'm here. I pulled out David's secret weapon... I snuck out of my hotel room at the conference. <laughs> I'm a bad man. <laughs> David, nice. David snuck out a lot. <laughs> Yo, I'm prison Mike. <laughs> and you don't know what it's like in there. That's right. It, it's crazy. It's difficult. And then the, the dementors is getting to you. And, and David's secret weapon, it was, it was, it was a sling. But it was, it was fashioned from the sheets of his bed. That's right. It was like a shiv, a shiv sling. <laughs> I like that the shiv was made out of sheets. Yeah. 
Well, shiv, shiv is a fashioned knife. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. Which you couldn't make out of sheets. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's like soft. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that feels good. 100 thread count. You can yeah. really, tickle, really, can really tickle really a guy tough. with those. It's yeah. like a t-shirt cotton. Uh, hey, Jason. Everybody knows that I supplied David with his secret weapon. My AK-47. <laughs> With a knife on the end and a grenade launcher. So <laughs> did you, you just do that as Ryan Gosling? <laughs> <laughs> Is that from the notebook? I don't know. Where that yeah. was. It was a little weird when you took your shirt off halfway through, but other than that. I like picturing this. Just show you all my hard tattoos because I'm such a hard criminal. <laughs> I'm I heart the, mom. <laughs> I'm picturing the rock in the grenade launcher is what brought down Goliath. You just. Slung it out of a girl. <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. Who's getting weird these moment? You got forty-two pick. points. Uh, I'm going with Nick for the best Ryan Gosling. Let's go. All week. Man. All week. Come on, say some say some demeaning comments about how no. I was. Hey, no, listen, Paul and I want to tell you you're doing an amazing job. Thank you. Whipping us. Yep. Yeah. Now, I will say twenty points to Gryffindor for the Dementors ah. reference. I get an he's, extra 20 points. the cockiest guest we've ever had. <laughs> Just making up points. All if right. you start taking points away from the total, <laughs> I know how to cut off your mic. <laughs> Prison mic. Hey, uh, for being our celebrity guest judge, you're going to get some socks, but I think this is really going to play out really well. They're from St. John Bosco. They're really from Sock Religious, but they're St. John Bosco socks. But the reason why these are really jumping out at me right now, do you have these yet? I don't I have know those. I you don't. So, his feast day is January 31st. Have you been in my sock tour? <laughs> He's the patron saint of magicians, which I'm going to call Keurig magicians. <laughs> but also, how great is this? Patron Some saint, theologian somewhere is not going to like that reference. The whole show, actually. <laughs> patron saint of juvenile delinquents. So hey. to, I don't know if you want to share one of maybe these. Maybe I need those socks. <laughs> oh, maybe he's going to sneak out and steal them from you. This is awesome. Thank you. All right, with that, we'll be right back after the break. Welcome back, everybody. We are sitting here with Jason Duderman. What a wild uh, first segment of the show there. <laughs> got a little got off the rails. Keurig machine robots. <laughs> the maker of mm. the machines. If anyone from Keurig is listening to that, they should totally patent that, like, immediately. Yeah, or just I, pay us. Or, or <laughs> just pay to be added. Agreed. Fund this show for the next 25 years. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like that's how long it's going to take to make that maker of makers. <laughs> um, Jason, I've seen your uh, talk, your OSV talk, um, about professionalism. How'd you get to that point? Like, what inspired that talk? Tell us more. Yeah. Um, so when I was working in diocesan ministry, and this very much still applies in in my role now, the work that I do now, uh, I found myself a little bit frustrated from time to time with um, what I saw as sort of a, a lack of professionalism in church work. And yeah. what I mean by that is professionalism at the end of the day is just being exceptionally good at what you do, trying hard every single day, waking up every single day, believing that what you're doing matters, uh, that there's a point, especially when you're doing church work, Uh, that there are eschatological consequences, right? So what we do in church work as, I mean, heck, it's not even church work. What we do as believers rings out through space and time. 
um, waking up every day and believing that and then giving your best to it. Uh, my, my hope was to inspire countless other ministers to, to live their lives and to do their work in that kind of a way. That was the sound of eschatological going over my head. Uh, what, what was that word? I actually love your humility in all of this. There's so many people that want to make that noise while they're listening, driving down the road, and you just bring it out for all of them. So thank you for doing that. Yeah, but also don't take your hands off the wheel to do the swoop noise over your head. <laughs> Paul, let's, can we go to your uh, seminary days for yeah. a second here? Eschatology, define yes. it. Okay, so it's about the eschaton, which is the Greek word for the end of times. Mm. So pointing to the very end of everything when when ultimately we face the uh, the four final realities right I mean well there's life death judgment and um, oh oh now I'm now I'm drawing a blank wow I should really know this but um, but point is the end of time right when we when we face ultimately our judgment right and so that you're saying that everything that we do whether it's the mm-hmm. really small things in the day-to-day or or maybe it's a bigger moment like giving a talk or, or a priest celebrating the sacraments obviously those are those are the big moments, but you're saying even in the small moments, all of this stuff can ultimately inform what happens to us and other people at the end of time. Right. Absolutely. And so for me, you know, if you're as a leader within church work, if you're waking up every single day and you are praying that the fullness of what you do is for the glory of God and the sanctification of man, that has the potential for extraordinary impact because it's the Holy Spirit working through you powerfully. That doesn't always happen in the day-to-day of church work, and I'm the first to say. There were plenty of days, whether I was working in a parish, I've worked in a couple of parishes in my career, um, I've worked for two different bishops, I can tell you there are more days than I wish to admit where that was not the way that I was living. Mm. But to have that be the 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 goal that I was aspiring to, sure. um, I think that's a part of holiness. Yeah, remember death is, is ultimately, more, yeah, yeah. It's ultimately the idea. And I know that gets, I mean, or that was used as a, as a stoic principle as well, but I mean, it's been kind of baptized by the church, right? Because ultimately that's where we're headed and we want to go into it with the hope of the resurrection ultimately. So we're going through death as a door, but, but yeah, you have to always remember that that is that next step. Right. Uh, there's a book that I read. It was actually by a, a Protestant author, but I love the language that he used. He said, um, this is at the very beginning of the book. It, the book was called The Master Plan of Evangelism. Uh, it was written back in the 40s, I think, maybe the 50s. But he makes this comment. He says that Jesus bet the entirety of, his, of his, the efficacy of his legacy on 12. Mm. And I, I thought that was really interesting and powerful. Now, it kind of takes out the uh, the fact that Jesus is God to a certain extent <laughs> to a certain extent it's a good point. Uh, it's, it's a way of saying it though <laughs> it is yes it's, I think it has a I think it has a very powerful connotation um, when we think about work and when we think about we are participating in this legacy of the God man mm. and that rings out through space and time in our small ways that might be in your personal apostolate that might be in your extraordinary apostolate for example the work that the three of you do through this podcast it is affecting lives there may be not on this particular episode, but I'm sure on one there might be a person who's who's really moved. There might be somebody who has a, a moment of conversion or reversion because of something that you say, and you won't ever know that. It goes back to the parable that we just heard in the gospel this past Sunday with the parable of the sower of the seed, mm-hmm. right? Um, that the Lord is planting these seeds, but we have to see that through our work. Actually, it's it's pretty wild, and not not that I, I don't even know this person's name because it was such a drive by moment. But somebody came up to me at St. Anne and said, "Oh, you're you're Paul, right? Sorry, I saw the hair because uh, that's that's been a running joke <laughs> that's on the show. Paul. Yeah, it's been a running joke on the show here. But 
she said, yeah, I, I listen to the Beatitudes. I'm here because of y'all. And it was, it just blew me away. And then she basically just vanished just about as quickly as she, as she appeared. But it was just this wild moment of, oh my gosh, this is actually having an impact and it's doing what we're, we're hoping it will do. Which we is- share, I think all these kind of moments. And I remember when Paul was sharing that one, like we were speechless in these like text threads and conversations because we are being fed and affirmed quite a bit as we're going along. But to your point, for every one time that somebody walks up and says something to Paul, what are the ones that we don't know about? Yeah. You know, what about all the times that somebody maybe is changing their behaviors in their home life or starting to talk about prayer with their spouse or fill in the blank. And we do get a lot of those messages, but that's the kind of the fuel that um, allows us to get away with hanging out on Tuesday night with microphones <laughs> <laughs> recording this. No, but it, I mean, and it's nice little, you know, little morsels of, of affirmation to know that maybe we're on the right track, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's also, we don't, we don't need to know it, right? Because ultimately yeah. that's all in God's hands and, and he well, controls and, all and of that. And take that into, you know, your secular job, right? You're talking about working in church and working in that setting where it's very forward Ob- obvious. and obvious, yeah. right? But what are you doing on Tuesday afternoon for your corporation yeah. or your business that you're the owner or manager of people's lives, Right. I love when people say like, oh, well, I'd give money to this charity. And then they happen to manage 40 people. And you're like, what are you doing for the 40 lives that you have a direct impact on every single day? Uh, At lunch today, we were out with a a friend and we ran into one of my old business partners and one of the guys that works at the company that I'd started before. I'm hugging them both, talking. And they start talking about the podcast. Well, my old business partner's like, how do I listen to it? So I send it to him. But the other guy, Jose, goes, man, your podcast, y'all are laughing one second then everybody's crying sucking up their boogers the next second he's like that is a pretty wheels off uh, experience and brian looked and he was like yeah i gotta listen to this <laughs> Dude, it's a dice roll you might be crying you might be laughing one leads to the other yeah. cyclical encyclical it's encyclical ah, <laughs> i see what you did there. what is what is an osv talk what is osv and then uh how does that relate to today So OSV stands for Our Sunday Visitor. Uh, We are an organization that is 111 years old. We were started by a Catholic priest from the Midwest in uh, Huntington, Indiana, uh, who had a very deep desire, felt a call to begin an apostolate to combat anti-Catholic sentiment in the Midwest at the time. Uh, and that has grown now into a nonprofit organization, a revenue-generating nonprofit organization to the tune of about $60 million a year, championing the church wow. in a variety of different ways from uh, helping churches grow their offertory so that they have more financial gifts to be able to do their missions well, uh, all the way to the kind of work that I do, helping people do their ministries better and come up with new ideas to serve the gospel. Talk about these OSV talks and how people can find it. Uh, so you can go to osvtalks.com. It's, uh, it's as simple as that. Or if you want to, you could go to osvinstitute.com and click on OSV Talks at the top. <laughs> uh, but that was a beautiful dream. I think you guys are actually going to have uh, have my former boss, Jason Shanks, on the show uh, not too long. He's the president of the OSV Institute. And that Just was former because you're both still there but in different roles, right? Uh, or did you leave yeah, and you're no, making an announcement <laughs> right now? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> We've got the scoop, ladies and gentlemen. Breaking, breaking. Jason Duterman. This is a, a public two-week notice that will air a month from now. So to be totally clear, uh, 
I'm uh, I'm three months into a new role at OSV now. So Got Jason it. Shanks is no longer my boss. Was oh. my boss. Uh, I'm not in the institute anymore. I'm in uh, OSV at large. But uh, but Jason Shanks, it was his baby, the OSV talks, and he had this dream to say, "Hey, let's get the church talking about things that might push a few buttons, and that's okay." And so it started with him giving the very first one on why innovation was necessary in church work. Mm. Um, he, for cool. whatever reason, thought it'd be a good idea to let this guy come in and have a talk on professionalism versus careerism in the church, uh, and a variety of others. And now you can go and, and listen to a whole library of talks wow. on a variety cool. of topics. It's incredible. Well, listen, let's keep uh, let's keep the good times going, talking about uh, going deeper here in our own talks. Each one of us is about to do a talk as we <laughs> as we react to our TBD question for today. The TBD questions come from the Beatitudes deck, TBD squared. And today's question is a cool one. It's just reflect on a time, a Holy Spirit moment in your life. Could be recent, could be from the distant past, but if everybody could just reflect on a Holy Spirit, Spirit moment in their life. And uh, Jason, I told you right before the show we were going to say this question. You said, I got one. I, I do have one. Um, so my wife and I are weeks away from Deuter Baby number three. Yeah. Deuter Baby. What does Deuter mean in German for? It means second. I, I, yeah, sure. Your fourth, second baby? <laughs> third. Does second. it mean second? second it third. does actually mean second. Yeah, the the Deuterman. Ah, interesting. Yeah, the second the second man. Yeah. I've, oh, I've, you're I the original I am Deuter <laughs> bracelets <laughs> and scene. <laughs> uh, that was that was well played. Well, well, played. well played. His head touched the yeah. microphone. That's all I want. Ah, <laughs> uh, go on, second yeah, man. So. <laughs> Ich, ich bin Duta is what it would be. Oh, ich weiß nicht. Uh, you don't know, huh? <laughs> I'm gonna look at you while I yeah. while I say this. I'd love yeah. to hear more. Yeah. Stay good. <laughs> so, uh, so we're a couple weeks away from Duter Baby number three, and uh, I found myself reflecting on when we had our first, mm. uh, and that was a very powerful moment for anyone who has become a parent. They know that there's something very special about that that moment you hold your first child for the first time and you have this this moment hits you where I'm in charge of a life and as believers not only a life on this earth but I'm in charge of bringing this person into a life of faith of bringing them into an opportunity to know the Lord um I was holding my little girl her name is Emmeline she's 9 years old now she celebrated her ninth birthday back in May uh, she's nine going on 18 and it scares me every day. Um, I was holding her and I'll never forget this. We, we had just gone, uh, we'd come up from L and D we were in the, in the room, um, you know, that we'd be staying in for the next couple of days and I'm holding Emmeline and I just began to weep. I mean, truly, I just began to weep. I was overcome with, I, I really, I want to say joy, but I think that I was scared to death. Mm. And it was this moment of total and complete giving over to the Lord. And uh, I, I literally was just saying in, in, in my mind, because I couldn't say anything because I was crying so hard. And my wife, uh, she's just given birth and she's totally fine. She's, <laughs> she might've been laughing. I don't really know, but um, I'm sitting there weeping. And I'm just like, Lord, I don't know why you have entrusted me with this human, but I'm going to do my best, and and I need you every step of the way. Mm. Um, that was uh, that was an extraordinary moment, and you know the the Lord doesn't give us anything that we can't handle, um, and I I think I'm grateful in looking into that because sometimes I, I there are many days where I wish I was a better dad, mm. um, 
but the Holy Spirit has moved in the midst of that in every step of the way, really has. My daughter brings me to the Lord in, in ways on a daily basis that uh, I would have never imagined. Jeez. I think you should tell people Ditterman means better dad. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. I mean, most of us are not Paul Kolker, well-versed in German. Voss and Greek, apparently. <laughs> He's got it all. I think he said Aramaic as well. Well, I don't know Aramaic. I just, <laughs> I just know of the language. Why don't you give us your Holy Spirit moment in Mandarin? Okay. Uh, ni hao. Wait, doesn't that, that mean something? Okay. No. Which is Japanese for please give me money. But that's the only thing I know. <laughs> I'm like a stick-up artist. Stick them up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we just lost our one Japanese listener. Um, they uh, appreciate that I know their language. Oh, okay, fair, fair. Um, all right, so mine actually uh, goes back to my time in seminary, which um, this was in the days before the iPhone, before, uh, you know, I, I mean, there was there were cell phones, but also this was, um, so I was in Rome at the time, and so Italian cell phones were not anything to write or call home about. Uh, it was <laughs> very difficult to use. You had to literally recharge minutes. Uh, it was oh, yeah, it was yeah. like a whole different system over there at the at the time. Anyway, I think that's all changed. But but yeah, so I didn't really have a cell phone, um, and there were some friends coming to visit while I was over there, and that was that was one of the blessings of being over there was that you kind of got to bring people into this world that you had been living in and basically be a an on, boots on the ground tour guide kind of thing, but in a in a more powerful spiritual way. And there were some friends coming over, um, parents of a friend from from back in college, and I uh, I had found out that I was able to secure them a Scavi tour, so the tour underneath St. Peter's to see the excavations mm -hmm. that they did to find the tomb of St. Peter, which is just, if you get a chance to go on that, that is absolutely phenomenal. Well, I was able to talk to an upperclassman, kind of get something worked out so that they would have a Scavi tour. Well, that I was able to arrange that while they were in the air, flying to Italy and I was only able to get it for the day that they landed. So that afternoon and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to arrange this. I don't have a cell phone. <laughs> they've been in the, they've been in the air. They're getting in at like 10 AM and their tours at 2 PM. I don't know what this is going to look like. Yeah. And so class lets out uh, the way, the way the, uh, the Roman schooling system de deal, all of that worked was it was just class from like eight to noon. And then you would use the afternoon and evening to do, you know, studies, reading all of that kind of stuff lectures were all in the morning. So they let out at noon and then we would walk back to the seminary. Well, on, on our way back, this was the feast of St. Catherine of Siena and there's uh, Santa Maria Sopra Minerva, the church there that has the body of St. Catherine of Siena there in, in a tomb and you could go venerate and everybody was stopping there to venerate. And I was like, okay, well, I definitely want to do this. I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to arrange to, you know, to meet them. But in my mind, I was like, well, I think they said something about St. Catherine at some point in an email when they were talking about coming over. So I go in there and uh, and we're all in line and I'm like kind of looking around just just in case they might happen to be in the church. And I'm like, ah, I guess guess it wasn't meant to be. And then from behind me, I hear Paul and I turn around and it's these friends and I say, Oh my gosh, uh, don't know how to tell you this. I had a feeling this was going to happen. You have a Scavi tour that starts in an hour. We need to get in a cab. And so we drove across Rome, Amazing. got them to their tour. And I was just like, okay, thank you, Lord, for, you know, arranging this, you know, God positioning system here to get us together. The GPS. The yeah. GPS. <laughs> it was, it was absolutely wild. That's awesome. So cool. Yeah. Thanks, Nicholas. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is pretty recent. Um, you invited me to a breakfast for the St. Vincent de Paul. 
uh, society. And uh, while there, they were talking about some of the mission work they're doing. And one of the things they do is um, kind of a micro loan program for people who are stuck in payday loans and that sort of vicious cycle. And it's, it's pretty bonkers how, how bad uh, those can be um, for a family. And uh, later that day, um, I was just in church praying about that. And I pull up the readings and the reflection of the day on the Laudate app. And the reflection was basically like, are you doing enough uh, beyond giving, you know, your, your treasure? Are you giving your time and your talents? Um, mm-hmm. What are ways that you could do more? And so earlier today, I had a call with um, the St. Vincent de Paul Society to kind of lean in and, and do something with that micro loan program. So it was just a really cool, like very clear call from the Holy Spirit to, to lean in on something like that. Yeah. That's Praise awesome. God. Praise God. Well, I'm going to go, it's not lighter. It's just a little bit quicker. I got so many of these. I feel like I'm living a life of just uh, constant conversation with the Holy Spirit moving. Right. But, um, eight years ago, my daughter turned around and said a Hail Mary to a guy behind me and I immediately became friends with him. And now we own a business together. That's Nick. And I will tell you that in that day I said, I really want you to come consider working at the company I started. And he's like, I work for a really cool company. Thanks for even saying that, but you know, no interest. I was like, wah, wah, I guess we'll never <laughs> work together. But uh, <laughs> God's timing. Fast forward to COVID. I wanted to do something fun for my company. I knew Paul from watching him sit next to you, Jason. And it's uh, <laughs> what I'm most known for in, in, in multiple circles. And imagine if I'd had another button buttoned. Oh, oh, I wouldn't oh, even look. It would have been the end of even it. Look, yeah, yeah, <laughs> looked right past you guys. I didn't I wouldn't see that giant chest. Um, and so I reached out to Paul, and I'm like, "Hey, He's talking about yours. Come do this. Oh. <laughs> come, come do this." Like, let's do something funny where we do improv over virtual. And it was really fun to orchestrate that. Like, leaving the stage, coming back. We did some, like, test run stuff. You did a great job. But oh, thanks. Yeah, I was like, hey, man, come on this Catholic radio show I've been doing for four years that I'm going to quit because I'm getting exhausted by it. And he comes on as my guest. And the Holy Spirit nails me just like when I met Nick. And I'm like, oh, I see it. I'm supposed to do this with this guy. And so at the break, I'm like, this isn't like when I speak like this, it's the Holy Spirit, not Jeff trying to strong arm people. You have to be my co-host. <laughs> We're no, friends. No, it's not an answer. You have to work with me. Um, I'm just channeling something. Um, but no, it was literally one of those moments. And uh, that is all of those are the birth of us sitting here at the tiny table. So uh, the, the Holy Spirit is working continuously right here in small leg touching ways. <laughs> I could. I think if we asked that question every single week, I would enjoy the answers because mm. those are powerful. So I would encourage every beatitude and beatitudette at home to ask that same question of your friends and your family and share those stories. Sharing that when the Holy Spirit's moving or that you've experienced that helps to keep um, us open to the next yes that we're supposed to be saying when God's knocking. And if you are married, ask that question of your spouse as often as you can and mm. be surprised by the answers because I think it brings in a level of depth that so often is not present in our marriages. Um, and that's there is a depth of, of vulnerability that comes with your spouse in prayer and in the spiritual life that that, that can bring. Beautiful. This is officially my last show, and Jason's going to take my spot. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. This is your, he's very well-spoken. Two-week notice. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of having powerful moments, we want to give you a powerful moment. Every episode Monday for the episode for the Beatitude starts off different. 
Every episode ends differently than in any other episode. My, I'm really nailing this. You got this. I believe you're, in you. You're as well-spoken as Jason. <laughs> yeah, we're exactly alike. So we call this reverse Simpsons because every Simpsons episode begins differently. So we end every episode differently. He's smart. Mm, like The Office. Yes, mm. but no. The Simpsons is like every time the chalkboard says something different, they end up somewhere different in the couch. The, the, right, the like, office so it's is like just never a sitcom. Yeah, okay. Never, okay. So anyways, we want to bring you into a really neat segment that's never been done before on air. <laughs> Jason Duderman, the second man, as we all learned moments ago. That's right. Duderman is German for second and man. Because you are a man. And you are second. Well, we have some inspiring words for you from people from your life. So Jason, the second man, we now present you with This This is Your Life. I think he's going to (laughs) cry. So overwhelmed. The music alone. The music alone. I like to use the word inspiring. I'm not sure what these things are, but um, what you have to find out. (laughs) We'll see. You have to tell us who is the person speaking, and if they are sharing something very um, private or special, share us about that too. (laughs) (laughs) Are you ready for number one? Let's go. These people don't say their name; they say your name. Okay, and you have to. And I have to figure out who it is. I am second. Jason Duderman is a guy with perfect hair. (laughs) That's Josh Schwartz. (laughs) But I feel like this is really awkward because Paula has perfect hair. So for the two of you to be on air together, it's it's an overload. I didn't know that you were going to say that. That's fine. That's fine. I'll cry in the car on the way home like I usually do. You can use your hair to mop it up. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I do. (laughs) That's how it gets that gel feel. It's tears. (laughs) Salty, salty tears. (laughs) All right. That was number one. Number two. Wait, was I right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, you nailed it. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. was waiting for like a ding, ding, ding or something. Oh. Um. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Actually, could it be the... <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. If he gets it right, how could that be the norm? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, that's yeah, that's wrong. true. There, that's it. That's yeah. not even that great of <laughs> got it. Either, is it? <laughs> uh, we'll work on it, okay? Actually, I got one ready queued up. Okay, here's number two. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Jason Duderman is trustworthy. My favorite person in the world to go hunting with... And just a straight up G. Brandon Barker. Are you a straight up G? I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got Brandon Barker. You're going to get all of these right. Um, you like to go hunting. I love to go hunting. Oh. I don't. I can't do it enough. Your favorite game to shoot at? Uh, Monopoly. <laughs> Craps. <laughs> uh, dove. 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 Dove hunting is my is probably my favorite. Yeah. Awesome. Line up some bars of soap and just bam. <laughs> Get them, Dove. Jason Duderman is most at home at 30,000 feet. Jason Duderman. Katie Aguilar. Yeah. How's she Katie doing Aguilar. these days? She's great. I just saw her the other day. She is. Were ex- you on an airplane? Uh, we, <laughs> we were. Uh, she's probably referring to where my head is most of the time. Uh, um, I did not interpret it that way. I thought this was literally like a Delta thing. Like, like travel. Oh, no. He I, loves to be on airplanes touching more men. No. <laughs> <laughs> legs. Touching legs. Please <laughs> qualify that statement. Uh, <laughs> I need to edit that piece No. <laughs> no, no. She's definitely talking about my uh, where my head is most of the time. All right. Here's number four, I think. 
Jason Dudelman needs to learn how to button his shirt. <laughs> that is Jeff Scheffelbein with a phenomenal Cockney accent. I really <laughs> is that really you? <laughs> Aren't you impressed by my? <laughs> got to keep you on your toes. Like a stone's throw away from your fat Albert impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> this is a perfect platform for you to That's, just uh, was that have Severus, fun with everyone, Jeff. <laughs> was that Severus Snape? Or <laughs> yeah. Jason Dutterman needs to button We'll listen to it one more time before we go to number five and six. Jason Dutterman needs to learn how to button his shirt. That's so weird. <laughs> Why would you make us listen to it again? That's so ridiculous. Uh, All right. This one's very similar but different. <clears throat> Number five. Jason Duderman is a CrossFit enthusiast but can't do double unders. Is that true? It is. It is true. Uh, <laughs> Scandal. Double wow. unders. Uh, that was Father Edwin Leonard, and it it is true to this day. I uh, I love. I'm a CrossFitter at the core, but I cannot do a double under for. Do you know life. how to do an undigan? It was that German. Duncan. My Dreiecken. It's a song. My hat. It has three corners. Oh, nice. I just. Noinsick. You know the most random phrases from other languages. You wouldn't believe. In Spanish. One million (laughs) dollars. You wouldn't believe the life I've had to live. Leave. Leave. Lead is, I believe, the word you're looking for. Memento mori. Yes. Or just memento words. (laughs) Okay. Get that fat Albert back in here. All right, last but not least, and hang in there for this one. It's a little bit longer because I think it's going to really throw you off. This goes way, way back. Hello and thank you. I like the 1990s Utah jazz. I used to watch John Stockton feed the ball to the mailman himself, Carl Malone. And Malone would take the ball and he'd dunk it very hard in everyone's face. And I used to watch them run this little magical play. It was called the pick and the roll. And we loved this play because it gave us all confidence in ourselves just (laughs) watching them execute it like, you know, uh, two ballerinas in the nutcracker. So I just wanted to say today, thank you, Jason Duderman, for inventing the pick and the roll. And I want to say thank you to the United States of America. Okay. Thank you. That was Dave Moore. Yeah. Uh, that was that was very well done. Uh, amazing. Uh, <laughs> the request was, could you send me a 10-second clip? <laughs> Dave's understanding of time is flexible, I believe. He's, he thanks you, and he thanks America. America. United Carl States Malone running the pick and the roll. National Not, treasure right there. Pick National, and roll. The, the pick, pick and, and the, the roll. roll. <laughs> All right. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode, but be sure to tune back in on Friday to catch a little more of Jason Duderman in the bonus episode. Thank you so much. And until we see you then, we will see you in the Eucharist. God bless. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to join us at our undersized table, subscribe to the video version of the show on YouTube by typing at, that's the symbol at, so shift and two on your keyboard, at the underscore Beatitudes on YouTube. We'll see you there.
This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.